I love Thanksgiving Eve services. It's always been a special time. I think partly because you get the real hardcore good people at Thanksgiving Eve. Because, you know, seriously, you have like every excuse not to be here. When, like this year, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday, you'll feel like a heathen if you don't come to church on Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. But here we are, Thanksgiving Eve, who would expect it? I do remember, though, the, I was just thinking about it, the, my first year at Pacific Hills, 22 years ago, I came to take over the church, and the church was really in kind of a mess, and it was really divided, and the church was sort of divided, and, and staff had been divided. Like, two of the guys had rebelled against something that was going on that was really wrong, and they took a stand and stepped aside. Another guy was really loyal, and he stayed there. Well, I, had, I brought them all three of them together on staff because I wanted them to learn something better than what they had learned. So the church was divided, and I remember that first Thanksgiving Eve service, I thought, okay, I have a cool idea. I, I said, let's just thank God for everything that he's done for us. And I just open it up, and I go, go ahead and just speak out your prayer. The first person goes, God, I thank you for, and he named the two pastors, because they stood up for righteousness. And I'm like, oh, crap. Then (laughs) on the other side, somebody goes, and I thank you for this other pastor, because he stood by us. And I go, okay, that's it. We're done. And I just preached a sermon. But I'm curious what you are thankful for. I'm sure it's not that, but what, what are you thankful for this year? What, what comes to mind as being, wow, this Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm grateful for certain things. It has to be something, otherwise, or maybe you're here because you just have nothing else to be thankful for. I, I know it's the dedicated Christians plus the people that just have no life at all, but yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. If you couldn't hear, she had a, especially for people watching online, she had a stroke and God has healed her and that's so, so special. Um, Anybody else? Can you beat that? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. She said she loves living in a beautiful place and life is easy and she has a lot of friends. That's, those are great things to be thankful for. I was talking to a gal from our church um, this morning whose um, husband went to be with the Lord last night. And, you know, obviously she, it's hard, but I was talking to her about, you know, being like uh, as bad as it sounds. He could still be suffering, you know, and now you know where he is, you know where his faith was, you know he's with the Lord, and she felt bad because he had told her, uh, why don't you go home and get some sleep, and, and, and then she went home and got to sleep, and later the hospital called and said, you know, that her husband had died, and she felt terrible, but I said, you understand that him wanting you to go home and get sleep 
was the last noble thing that he was able to do in his life, and that you submitting and going along with that is probably also what gave him permission to leave and go to be with the Lord. And she goes, yeah, that's, that, that's I never thought of that. And so um, you can find things to be thankful for even when you're in the middle of a really difficult um, time. Doesn't make it easy, but you find something to be thankful for. Anybody else? I mean, uh, okay, way in the back. Wow, so listening to a Bible study now after all these years, that's great. Yes. Or are you just waving? Uh, <laughs> I see a hand back there. Oh, she's going to be a grandma for the first time. I always say it, the only reason to have kids is to get grandkids. So. No other excuse. Yes. Nice. He's thankful for friends. That's great. I'm just grateful to be married to my best friend. Yeah. And I'm just in a beautiful um, union, our walk with the Lord together. You guys are so inspiring always. You just have so much joy, and you're always sitting down in front. I know you're going to be here. And so we're thankful for you as much as you're thankful for each other. Anything else? Yes. presence and peace that um, I was able to get safely home to California from Indiana, that my son was with me, the firefighter at yeah. that time. Wow. so many things I'm thankful for, thankful for the whole situation and all the um, circumstances which were challenging during that time. I, I can actually see that God has been working it together for good throughout our family and then with Psalm 34, you know, I, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered mm. me from all my fears. Wow. It became so abundantly true for me in the last two weeks. That's really cool. I can't repeat all of that for the microphone, but she was injured, and her she's in another state, but her, hus- her son, who's a firefighter, knew how to help take care of her, and God caused the scripture to come to her and it really worked out. And so, praise God for that. Now, if there's a lawyer here, you might... <laughs> she's sitting right over here. And <laughs> All right. Well, Sunday, this last Sunday, Pastor Justin, if you were with us, he gave such a, an amazing message from 1 Thessalonians 5 in one of our Verses for Life series. And he reminded us of how important it is that we consistently rejoice that we consistently pray. He likened it to coughing up phlegm. And (laughs) that we're consistently thankful. And that message just really spoke to me. I've been carrying it with me. 
the scripture that we're going to look at tonight for Thanksgiving Eve has those same elements to it, the idea of joy, the idea of prayer, the idea of thankfulness. But in this case, and you can turn over there if you have a Bible to Philippians chapter 1, Paul talks about those things, but he talks about them in a kind of retrospective way. He's saying how you can connect with those values as you look back on your life, as you reflect on what you remember. And so Philippians chapter 1, beginning with verse 3, he tells the Christians there in Philippi, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He's looking back. Always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, you know, I have you in my heart and and your partakers with me of grace, down there in verse 7. So, an attitude of joy, a heart of prayer, a, a sense of gratitude, looking back at what happened with them. That's one of the trickiest parts of being thankful and of being joyful and of even praying is that it works great if you can forget everything that's ever happened. See, holidays are a time, and you know we always have Pastor Ken do Um, a seminar helping give people some tools, hope for the holidays, we call it, which hopefully that's on the internet somewhere because we've already done it this year. But it's, for a lot of people, I mean, for some people it's like, oh yeah, holiday. But for some people, holidays bring memories. And memories bring pain. And so, especially for a, a holiday like Thanksgiving, which one reason I love Thanksgiving is, it hasn't been totally corrupted, there, you know, uh, other than turkey. But we can all eat turkey once a year. It won't kill us. The tryptophan helps us. But, you know, it's like the other holidays, Easter has so much other stuff with it. Christmas, so much other stuff with it. Thanksgiving is like just, it's just, thank, it's about being thankful. And, but what makes that hard for people is, you're reminded of the people who aren't here anymore. You're reminded of memories that you may have from the past that go back to all sorts of things. Our coming to terms with our past is hugely important in how we live our present and therefore in how we live out our future. And many of us just try to not think about the past and let's just be thankful right now for breath, for my Bible, for whatever friends are actually currently in my life. But that's very limiting. I'm, there's a, um, a psychological theory called attachment theory that teaches that most of our connections with people and the way we relate to others somehow traces back to the way that we were related to when we were younger, when we were little kids. And it's like any theory. It has some interesting points and doesn't. There's a Christian 
um, group that works with it. They have a book called um, How We Love. That it's, it's interesting to me because the truth is, for me, I, I would just as soon forget most of my past. But it still follows you around. And how we understand our past, our perspective on the past, is huge in freeing us up to live in the present. And then how we live in the present is going to determine what in the future we look back on this time. So someday, I mean, the older you are, the less you have to worry about the future. But uh, trust me, as an old guy, I'm not like, 20 years from now, I'm going to go back when I was 70. No, I, I won't. I'm, I'm quite sure. I've lived my life in such a way to guarantee that I'm not going to live to be 90. If you're 100 or whatever, hey, great for you. But, <laughs> but the thing is, I understand that everything in my past, I, you know, there were times as a pastor, and especially when I was working in a school, if a child died, I was there for the family. And it's one of the hardest things that there is. If you've lost a child, you know what that's like. But being there to try to comfort somebody is really painful. And I remember one time I was doing a kid's funeral, and, and uh, somebody goes, I guess you get kind of used to this. And I said, I don't get used to it. In fact, every time, it's a little worse. Every, everyone I, every kid I bury reminds me of all the other kids I've buried. And life is that way, whether literally or figuratively, we pick up hurt, we pick up baggage along the way, and as a result, we're like, it's hard sometimes for us to have a healthy perspective on right now because of stuff that's happened in the past. Because of, you know, it's sometimes hard to celebrate Thanksgiving when there are people who aren't there that you wish were. And so I think that when we see what Paul's saying here in Philippians 1, it's like, here's how you can actually look back in a way that can make you joyful, that can make you thankful, that can enhance your prayer life. And so, you know, and if we can do that, it's amazing because, again, as much as your past helps determine your present, your present and what you do with your present is what is going to create your future. Um, that's just the way it works. It's the greatest gift that God gave us is that we have the ability to make choices that can actually change what's going to happen in our lives. The things we do today affect tomorrow, and that's the, the hugest part, probably, of being human, is having that ability. And it's not that we're completely, you know, there are all kinds of influences and all sorts of things that can happen, and it's never just a simple cause and effect. And yet, the Bible teaches very clearly, and like Justin reminded us Sunday, the Bible says that when you pray, it makes a difference. It changes things. It changes what happens. James talked about that. You have not because you ask not. So that power to help determine what the future is, if we're going to learn the way to live right now in a way that gives us a better future, then a part of that has to be 
How do I look at the past? What do I remember from the past? What perspective can I have on it? And when it comes to thanking God and rejoicing and praying, the past becomes pretty critical. Now, as he goes through these these scriptures, there are key, again, it starts with, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. So Paul's thinking back to Philippi. So what was the city of Philippi like for Paul? He and Silas rolled into town. They're just helping encourage some people. Next thing you know, they've stripped him naked. They're beating him, whipping him, torturing him, locking him up in a cell. That's his introduction to the city of Philippi. Then there's an earthquake and everybody's let loose and and the the, um, jailer is about ready to take his own life and Paul calms him down. Then he tells him about Jesus and he becomes a Christian. But then the Romans find out that Paul and Silas are Roman citizens, so they're kind of freaking out. They want to get him out of town as soon as possible. So after that's over, it would be pretty easy for him to just go, I'm not going back there again. I mean, there are places in this world that I've been that I would never really care to go back to for various reasons. Like, there might be some people who look at Israel that way. I'm excited. I'm really hoping that everything works out for our trip this year because it's like, It's Israel, for crying out loud. But there are plenty of, and I wouldn't judge people who would go, no, I'm not doing it, you know. And I I may end up just having a group of suicidal people going with me, I don't know. But (laughs) but it's like, there are places that have memories. I don't necessarily like to go back where I grew up because some of those memories come back. So if I'm going to be healthy, though, I have to find a way to be thankful for the memories, as the old song says. So Paul, again, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. How in the world can he say that? Well, he goes on. Always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy. That's pretty radical, too. When I think of you, when I think of the past, when I remember our history together, yeah, I remember you guys, you know, bandaging me up after I was bloody and and beaten and and imprisoned wrongfully and then hustled out of town. Yeah, those were the good old days. But he's like, no, man, when I pray for you, there's actually joy there. My memories of you are thankful memories. Because, he says, verse 5, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. The gospel, the good news. And the gospel means that we have a chance to have our sins forgiven and to be right with God. But he is, the fellowship of the gospel means as I look back, I understand and consider that Together, we have been recipients of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That everything that was wrong, everything that failed, everything that might have scarred or injured us, the gospel says, you can set that aside. 
that does not define you. That does not force you in a particular direction. You may still make choices. And those choices can be in the atmosphere of the gospel. So if you're thinking back to your past and there are hurtful things, you can go there, but go there with the gospel. Someone has been cruel to you or mistreated you. Take the gospel as you venture back into your history, as you venture back into time, and understand everything, every failure was something for which Jesus died. Every, every you know, hurt is something that he took upon himself on the cross. And so Paul says, I remember, and I'm happy about it, because when I go back in my history, I see the gospel, and I see that we're all in it. It's not just, I knew the gospel, and then you knew the gospel. It's the fellowship of the gospel. You understand that we may have certain things in common, you know, maybe, maybe you're a native Californian, or maybe you are somebody who likes a certain sports team, or maybe you're someone who went to a school or knows certain people or lives in a certain neighborhood, or, you know, we can find things that we have in common. But the truth is, the greatest thing that we have in common always is the fellowship of the gospel. It's like, I don't even have to know you. Now, you might go, yeah, but what if, what if this person doesn't even believe the gospel? That's not my problem. We, I can honestly say to someone that God loves you and Jesus died for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't just love Paul and Silas. He didn't just love you know, Lydia and the others who became a part of that church in Philippi. There was this connection that God ended up reaching the jailer who was treating him horribly and rescued him as well. And not only that, brought his family along on the journey. And he, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved and your house. That's the gospel. And the truth is, no matter what anyone has ever done in your past, the gospel comes there for them as well. The gospel applies to that situation. There was always good news that you look at something that hurt, but you say, and there was the gospel. There was that connection from the gospel. But then he, he says further, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He says, he's just getting started. There's nothing is complete yet. So when I look back in the past, I can find joy and hope and encouragement because I can say, you may be a mess, but it's not, you're not done yet. And, you know, you can go, oh, somebody is so evil. And, well, don't worry, they'll, have their, they'll get theirs too. But the idea is, as long as there's life, the gospel says this is being offered. And Paul goes, I get it. If God has done anything good, he's going to complete it. And 
we've all seen this. I, it's amazing sometimes how God uses time to change people, to make a difference in their lives. And it's so encouraging. And, and I talk to people who are like, man, I just wish I had really uh, committed to the Lord before. Now I'm really old and I get it, but I wish I had known it younger. And I always say, you know what? You respond when you're ready. All the years that you spent without the gospel, they weren't wasted. They were setting you up. God was preparing his work. And so if you, the thief on the cross, who gets saved in the last moment before he dies, or somebody like, I've had family members who just fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it, and then all of a sudden, boom, there's a breakthrough. And you go, oh, wow, how that would have changed his life. But Paul looks back and says, all I need to see is the beginning Sometimes the beginning is you messing up your life. Sometimes the beginning is you inflicting pain on yourself and others because it's setting you up to realize there has to be something more than that. So to remember the past is to look for the hints, the little slivers of light that come through that ultimately you know, are revealed in the final picture being, being painted. And so if I'm looking back in my life at somebody who, who hurt me, who damaged me, or who failed me in whatever way possible, I still have to take the gospel to that and to say, that was just the beginning of somebody. And I feel like as an old man, I'm just getting started in life. I have reminders of this all the time that, there, um, sure, if I could, I'd go back and do my life so different. I'd probably find other ways to mess it up. But, you know, in the end, if I can look at the past and go, I see hints of what God was doing. I see hints of the gospel. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty amazing. And so then... God is going to complete what he started. That's why I can look back with joy. And then he says, just as it's right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, because both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of me, with me of grace. That's so powerful. A partaker with someone else of grace Whatever issues you have with someone, you have one thing for sure in common. You both need grace. Neither one of us, none of us, is so good that somehow we merit what everything that God wants to give us. And let's face it, anybody in here who's married, you don't deserve your spouse. You know, you fooled them well enough <laughs> to pull it off, but... You know, it's like, hey, wow, pulled that off. That worked. The truth is, most of you, if your boss really knew some of the stuff you did, you wouldn't have a job either. Most of you, if you didn't cheat, you'd been out of school a long time ago. If you're studying in school or if kids knew who you were, it'd be a whole different ball game. But Paul is going, you know what? The one thing I have in common with every person 
on the face of this earth is, they need grace and so do I. And so as we look back and we're going, okay, what am I thankful for? And I maybe have a hard time coming up with something. Paul goes, nope, I remember Philippi. I have some great memories. Man, what stories I get to tell because of what God began to do in the lives of people who weren't treating me very well at that time. And in a church that by the time I got chased out of town, I really never got to participate with you again. It was his, his third missionary journey. He ends up in jail in Rome. And yet, amazingly, he told the Philippians, you guys are the only church that actually supported me. And they're like, what? Nobody else did? I mean, you, had, you were in Ephesus for years. They didn't support you? And then they're like, I thought we had to. We didn't know. <laughs> but, but he's like, we have this special connection. And he makes it clear. The special connection is the grace of God that we have in common. So for each one of us, we look at our lives, we consider the past. We, we're, here we are, it's another holiday, holy day. It's another time to say, how can I be thankful? And yet, there's this stuff from the past that's kind of, I'm feeling like, wow, there's nothing like the holidays to make you miss what you don't have, to make you resent what was done to you or what you missed out on or, you know, just to look at somebody else and wish you had their life or, I mean, all of that is, is really normal. But if you want to have joy and be thankful and have a prayer life that really clicks, Paul pretty much nails it here. Look back and remember. Remember all that God did. Remember the gospel Remember that that applies to everyone. And remember that grace. Try that when you think about your past. If, if there are things you're trying not to think about about your past, this Thanksgiving I would suggest thinking about them. And then asking yourself, how can I take the gospel and you know, how can I bring that back with me along with this common grace? You know, we talk about common grace. It's like the grace that everyone has. There's no other kind of grace other than common grace. If grace isn't for all of us, then grace isn't grace at all. It's simply a merit system that's like, if I deserve grace, guess what? It's not grace. If I have grace and you don't, it's not grace. The powerful thing about grace is that God loved the world that he offers a hand to everyone, that as long as there is life, there is hope. And so I can move myself back into the past and take a chance at wading into some of those memories. It hurts. I'm sure that it was painful for Paul to remember how he had been treated in Philippi. I don't think he ever just got to where, oh yeah, when I was stripped and beaten and Treated like that, I, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> no, that would, that would be painful. He's a Roman citizen. It was against the law. It was awful. But something came along in his memories that involved 
grace that involved ultimately the, the gospel, the power of the fact that anybody who ever hurt me has an opportunity because Jesus died for them too. And just because even they haven't got there yet, just think if they would. And I know sometimes we think there are certain people that we hope they don't become Christians because, you know, you don't want to go to heaven and go, oh, Hitler, wow. Glad you prayed on your deathbed or, you know, but, but the truth is, as much as I really don't want Hitler in heaven or a whole bunch, I could give you a list, but <laughs> he deserves it as much as I do because the gospel and grace I, don't, I think he rejected it, so it's cool. But still, it, he doesn't go to hell because he's worse than me. Nobody does. Nobody gets more love from God because they're better than me. It's, that's not the way grace works. And so a time of remembrance, a time of a holy day, a time of thanksgiving should free us up to say, I'll look back. I'll go dig into those memories. I'm not going to obsess on them, but I'm going to go back there and bring the gospel to that picture. And I'm going to go there and take this grace that we all have in common, and I'm going to extend that as a part of my perspective. And then my past isn't chasing me around. The bitterness isn't destroying me, isn't holding me back. I'm not like afraid to be open with people because I have this wound. No, I I see the wound. I get it. But I place it in the hands of God and I say, that's horrible, but his grace is amazing. That's awful, but his gospel extends to those people. How they respond to it, that's their issue. One way or the other, it gets taken care of. But when I can understand, looking back, the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ, now I'm finally free to say, okay, whatever you did to me, Philippi, you treated me horribly. It's not holding me back. I'm going to keep moving forward Because life is too short for me to carry baggage from the past with me all the time. So I will go back there and I will confront that situation in my own heart and mind. And I will say, that just makes the gospel more amazing. That person hurt me. That just tells me where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. That just tells me I want that grace to be in common. When we do that... Everything changes. Our whole perspective on life changes. And now what happens is those who hurt us and held us back, we don't like, they don't still control us. A lot of times if, to forgive somebody, by the way, doesn't mean you know, that you forget that it ever happened. It doesn't even mean that you invite them over for Thanksgiving. It just means you say, I'm putting this aside I'm not going to carry this with me. I'm not going to give the people who hurt me free rent in my head. I'm, t- I'm coming to terms with it, and I'm saying, the gospel is there for them. His grace is there for them. That's on them. I want to move forward. 
I want to start today a free person. I want to start today with someone who understands that grace, the, the glory really of, of what he offers to all of us. And so for me, again, I thank my God upon every remembrance, always in every prayer making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And it's right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. That's all of us. Partakers of grace. The only thing that allows us to take our next breath is his grace. That allows us to have a perspective whereby we're not afraid of the past. We can face it because it's a part of his grace. It's a part of that which was, that's why we needed the gospel in the first place. So our perspective can change. And ultimately, then we can truly appreciate the spirit of thanksgiving. We can truly be thankful people because we're not lugging a bunch of baggage to our Thanksgiving and to all of our other holidays and to every other day in our lives. What happens when we walk into a holiday free? You move forward in the future with a greater freedom, feeling like, wow, I left some stuff off. And so, again, if you weren't here Sunday, you should really listen to Justin's message because, you know, the idea of joy and prayer and thanksgiving, even as it is here, it's hugely important. But as important as it is in what you're doing right now, today and this week, it's important for you to bring these truths to your past, to your remembrances. And if you can come to terms with your past, if you can accept God's forgiveness and you can extend his forgiveness because the grace is all of our grace, the gospel is for all of us, you set, you set yourself free from the past. You get to move forward in the future. And I pray that that'll be your experience uh, moving forward this year. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your gospel. As much as we would sometimes like it to only apply to us and everyone better than us, it applies to everyone. Your mercy is limitless. May we see the past, the parts of it that hurt, the people we love that we miss, the things that went in a way that it really hurt us, injured us, damaged us. Please teach us to release that to your gospel, to your grace, so that we can be free this Thanksgiving to truly move forward, relishing and appreciating the blessings of the gift that life is. So, Lord, we thank you, and I pray that this Thanksgiving will be different for us in some way, that maybe you'll heal some people of of baggage that they've been carrying into the holiday. Help us just to show your love and grace and mercy. And if people are annoying tomorrow or they don't want to watch football or whatever, 
Lord, help us to just have a great attitude, be accepting and loving, and uh, if we don't like the food, to just deal with it and be okay with it. Lord, may we be pictures of that gospel of grace. May we be graceful in how we deal with people that we don't always ordinarily deal with. So please lead and guide us and by your spirit help us to be those people in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand. You know, if you're here today and you're like, you're going, I don't know, there's a lot here, but you don't know what it's like to not have anybody there to support you or something like that. We all know that. Even when you have people around you, a lot of times you can just feel like you're alone. But there are people down here in the front who would love to pray with you if you just, before Thanksgiving, if you just want to come down and get some support and encouragement or you have questions or you want to get your life right with God, you're like, this would be a good time for me to do that. Come on down to the front after the service and um, they would just love to spend a little time with you and to pray with you. And the, the people who are down here praying for you are here because of God's grace. They didn't trust me. They did not earn the right. <laughs> they just understand, wow, it's grace. It's the gospel. And that's all of us. That's anyone's delusional who doesn't think that they need the kind of grace that everyone else needs. We're all in this together. So if you feel like you're alone, please come down and let them pray for you. And I pray for all of us that tomorrow will be a special time. That maybe tonight God will get our hearts ready to prepare us for what we're going to experience as we move into tomorrow. And may it be a day when we truly walk in His gospel and His grace and we do it together. So God bless you. Come down for prayer. And I'm not going to sing a song. You can just leave. <laughs>